This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in to AOA here on this Thursday. Hard to believe we flipped the calendar over to September. It is the first of the month today, which means it is the last day of Farm Progress Show 2022. If you've been listening to the show this week, you've heard we have been in the Trelleborg Mitas booth on the grounds. We are here again today, folks. If you are on the grounds or if you're coming to Farm Progress, do come by. We are tent number 928 on Central Avenue between 9th and 10th Street. We're going to be broadcasting the show until 10 a.m. this morning and then at 10. I'm very excited. We're going to be doing a market panel here in the tent. We're going to have uh, Tommy Grizafi of Advanced Trading joining us. We're going to have Jeff Longnecker of Longnecker Fertilizer looking at the price moves in that liquid fertilizer. And then we're going to be talking to Jacob Kleinberg of Rochag Marketing. All of that at 10 right here in the Trello Board booth. So if you're on the grounds, do be sure to come by. Another voice you've heard over the past couple of days, you're going to get a little more of today is Chris Nider. Chris is the marketing and training manager at Trelleborg. Chris, you've been here three days talking to growers, having conversations. And yesterday you gave a presentation about the numbers uh, and letters that are on the sidewall of a tire. How'd that go? Did that spark any conversations here at the show? Mike, top of the morning to you. Yes, it did. You know, I, I have a tire nomenclature uh, presentation because it's interesting what every, all the information is on the side of the tire. So yesterday I was doing it. We had some people in the audience and one of the growers said, you know, that was very good. I, I always wondered what those uh, letters and numbers meant. And that, that spurred us in actually to an air pressure conversation. And, uh, you know, that's one of the most neglected areas uh, in tires, whether it's a passenger car tire, light truck, medium truck, or an ag tire. One of the things I always do when I can ask the, the uh, audience right here, when was the last time you people checked the air pressure in your passenger car? And I, yeah, they're shaking their head. No, that's exactly. And that's what happens. We pay attention to a lot of other things. So we got into a really nice discussion about uh, air pressure settings, which usually what ends up happening, the, the growers or the user ends up putting too much air pressure in the tire is what we notice. And that usually uh, is not, does not help you. You know, we're trying to control our costs and usually uh, what happens with that higher air pressure, a couple of things happens. That footprint gets smaller now on the tire. You know, I've been talking footprint here for a couple of days. We talk to the people that come in the tent. It shrinks the footprint. That increases the ground pressure, increases compaction, and that is not good for the soil. So that's one detriment. Second is you, you lose traction. You have less tire on the ground, less lugs on the ground. It reduces your traction. So if you're you're in a field where you need traction, you're going to increase your work time and you're going to increase your fuel usage. And let me tell you what else. The tire's going to ride rougher. And uh, let me tell you, we're coming to combine time. We're going to be in the in the equipment here a lot. And you want to as best as you can get a smooth riding tire. That's the thing. You've got to be comfortable. If you're spending 9, 10, 12, 15 hours on the seat in a combine, you want to make sure that ride is comfortable. And Chris, you mentioned some of the other challenges that come with improper inflation, and it's wear. I mean, you're just going to wear that tire out so much faster. Does it matter lower inflation, over inflation? Which one's worse in terms of a wear perspective? Well, I'm going to shy to the side of uh, too much air pressure there. Really? Again, you don't get enough rubber on the ground and again we're talking about you know tires are part of your costs just like fertilizers just like some other things and yeah we want to sell a lot of tires but we also want the end user to get the most money for their tire purchase chris you mentioned you're going to reduce the lifespan of this tire if you're not inflating it properly but the lifespan of tires overall i'm guessing at trelleborg we have seen that extend over the past 15 years it's incredible what tire technology can do today for longevity on these tires this this is incredible stuff oh no absolutely as Trelleborg does, we always tried to be at the forefront of technology. 
entire life is one of the things we try to do. We do that with compounding. We do that with tread design. So those combinations, we again try to get the uh, the tire life to be as long as it can for that end user. That's what it's all about. And Chris, you have been giving presentations here at the Trelleborg booth. I, I, and folks, if you've never met Chris Neidert, it's worth it. I've had the chance to meet him at, at I think every show I've been to over the past two or three years. And he's always talking to people, always giving presentations. And you're going to be doing that again today in the Trelleborg booth. Chris, what are you going to be presenting on today? Is this a an encore program from yesterday? Yeah, we're going to go through the tire nomenclature again uh, in case you weren't able to do it yesterday or your first time for the show today i'll be doing it at two o'clock again we'll go through the information on the sidewall which is one of those things the uh, people look at and you never really know what it means but uh, you'll get the chris neidert philosophy here at two o'clock <laughs> it is worth coming down folks if you are on the grounds do be sure to come down to the trelleborg mitas booth 928 stop in say hi to chris as i mentioned we'll be broadcasting here all day a little bit later on in the show we're going to be checking in with our good friend john Baranek of DTN Weather. He's here on the grounds. He's going to give us an update about what to expect as this week comes to a close. Before we talk to him on Monday again on AOA, we're also going to check in with Matt Bennett of agmarket.net. These markets have been volatile all week. Chris, how has the attitude been of farmers when they've been coming in? Do they seem upbeat as they drop by the Trelleborg booth? Yes, uh, I think things are on the positive note and uh, we get into some good conversations. They always want to know what tire might work for them. So, yes, I think the optimism's been very high. Yesterday, we had good traffic in the Trelleborg Mitas booth. So, yes, this has been a good show here That's for us. That's what we like to hear. Good traffic, good conversations. A lot of folks are watching these markets. Matt Bennett will join us in segment three. We'll talk through what's happening here in the trade this week. Then at the end of the show, we're going to talk technology at Farm Progress. Willie Vote of Farm Progress will be joining us. He is their technology editor. Chris Snyder will be back with us because, Chris, we don't think of tire having technology, but they absolutely do. And this booth is truly a testament to the technology that Trelleborg has been putting into these tires, isn't it? Absolutely, and you can come on in. We have our tire experts here from the Mita side and on the Trelleborg side. These We're in the business of tires and our people know what they're talking about. So come on in with your questions, any kind of tire questions. And if we can't get the answer right away, we have a lot of resources to come back with an answer for you. That's what it's all about. And Chris, as I take a look at the selection on display here at the Trelleborg booth, you have really a full lineup of tires here. And I imagine the staff is on hand, ready to talk through any questions people might have about what they could see and importantly, get their hands on here in the booth and really feel the quality. As I always say, the Mitas brand and the Trelleborg brand, we have a huge portfolio of product. Row crop tractor tires, sprayer tires, spreader tires, combine tires. We've got some telehandler tires in here, tanker tires. So any kind of equipment that you're running, we're going to probably have a tire that goes on and the people here to talk about it and you're right mike put your hands on the tires that's right chris if folks cannot make it to the show today it's the last day today if they can't get down where can they learn more about trelleborg tires well they can go to our websites and uh our trelleborg website is going to be www.trelleborg.com forward slash us forward slash wheels it's a lot there i i get that but uh, if not, you can just Google it. You can Google the Mitas website as well. We've got really nice websites to get all kinds of product information. The brochures are out there and anything you really need to access. Google up Trelleborg, Trelleborg.com. We'll be back for more from the Farm Progress Show 2022. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. 
From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. The average American eats 250 eggs per year, which translates to a total annual consumption of 76.5 billion eggs in the U.S. About 60% of eggs produced here in the U.S. are used by consumers and about 9% are used by the food service industry. A chef's hat is said to have a pleat for each of the many ways you can cook eggs. The color can range from white to deep brown. Hens with white feathers and earlobes lay white shelled eggs, while hens with red feathers and earlobes lay brown shelled eggs. Because breeds that lay brown eggs are typically slightly larger birds, they require more food, making brown eggs usually more expensive than white. You can tell whether an egg is fresh or stale by dropping it in water. A fresh egg will sink, but a stale one will float. Eggs also contain all the essential protein, minerals, and vitamins, and egg yolks are one of the few foods that naturally contain vitamin D. And eggs are also good for your eyes because they contain lutein, which helps prevent age-related cataracts and muscle degeneration. These farm facts brought to you by the American Egg Network. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. AOA continues here from Farm Progress Show 2022. We've had a number of fantastic conversations with folks from around the country and around the world. There has been a score of international visitors traveling again now that those COVID restrictions globally are starting to go away. It's been fun to hear those foreign accents here uh, sprinkled around the conversations at Farm Progress. Another person who has been having lots of conversations at Farm Progress is Mr. John Baranek of DTN Weather. John, you've been giving presentations all three days. I'm curious, what do you expect to see weather-wise for the last day of Farm Progress 22? Yeah, well, it's actually really good to, to meet you, Mike, in person. We've been talking for ever since you took over for the show. You know, we talk every week, um, but it's finally good to, to, to see your face here. You know, we're, it is we're not fun too far to get away to a show either. Like but... this and connect with people that, uh, that you don't see all that often or necessarily at all. Yeah, that's right. Right. Uh, so, so it's good to see you. Um, uh, the last day of the show, you know, the, the weather here has been really good, honestly. Um, you know, we, the Farm Progress show last year in Decatur was kind of similar to this, too. Like, that was my first show um, for Farm Progress, and, and that was really nice. This year, too, I, I brought some really nice weather, so... You're welcome for that, I guess. Um, is but this good weather going to hang around all day, John? The clouds are building a little bit. The temperature is moderate today. It is beautiful here on the grounds. I, it, it can be better this morning, honestly. You know, the, the, the sun yesterday was pretty brutal if you were out in the sun for any length of time. So getting some cloud cover in here is going to be a little bit more beneficial for that. The winds are up a little bit, so we get more of a breeze. Uh, and the clouds should tamp down the temperatures a little bit here um right. but you know we are concerned a little bit because there are there was some showers out in nebraska yesterday and they formed a little tiny uh low pressure center that's kind of moving its way into iowa here so uh, there's a potential this afternoon to see a little couple isolated showers um as we end our day so okay. there's some potential for that but otherwise today should be a, another beautiful day 
John, let's go out Friday, Saturday, Sunday here across the Corn Belt. We've got farmers gearing up for harvest. What do you expect to see weather-wise over the next three days? Yeah, so we've got another cold front actually moving in from Canada. Um, it doesn't really look like it's going to do much up in the Dakotas or the Northern Plains and the Canadian Prairies. But once it gets into kind of Minnesota, uh, to Nebraska arc, it looks like we will get some isolated showers with that. Um, Right now, models are kind of trying to decide how much coverage it'll it'll be, but for the most part, it looks like little isolated things going through. Um, so, uh, you know, for the most part, it should be a, a pretty dry uh, weekend. But some areas, you know, if you're still looking to get a, a little bit of a drink here for for the end of the season, um, you know, could get a could get a little bit there. John, I assume a lot of farmers coming in to talk to you are looking ahead to that harvest season. It's been a struggle for a lot of growers all year long. Different struggles in different parts of the country. Too wet, too dry. Everybody would love to get this crop out easily. Yeah. What do you expect to see come harvest season? September, October, November, John, what's your forecast look like for these growers here across the country? Yeah, and the variability that you just mentioned has really been the key. Like everything, every farmer that I've talked to over the course of this, uh, over the course of the show, has been saying, you know, it was either too dry in the spring, or it's too dry when I was pollinating, too dry here while I'm filling. It was like it was, it was some portion of that, just depending on where you were uh, from the folks I was talking to. So I mean, you know, we've had struggles basically, no matter where you were, all season long, and um, or, or just different parts of the season. And so you know, they're looking for just. Give me, give me a bright spot, right? Yes. So yes. we want we some, need a window. We need right. something to go right this year, right? John. So I mean, a lot of a lot of the crop, uh, as most people know, was was delayed in planting, and so this this month here in September is, is still important for getting some finishing rains. Um, you know, it doesn't look that great, honestly, here in the Midwest. Uh, farther south, we definitely have potential, and down in Texas, they've been getting some pretty good rains lately. Um, so is that, this, and we've been talking about Texas. That Southern yeah. Plains area has been locked in drought, oh, John, man. for years, two years? It's, honestly, it has actually only been since the fall of last year. Uh, if, one if, year, really? Yeah. We're coming up on a year. Okay. Right. So, I mean, um, before that, they were definitely in drought the year before, but last spring they got some pretty decent rains that ate a lot of the drought out but then it came back gotcha. so um so it just feels like they've been in drought forever because they kind of have been ex outside yeah. of the one season but yeah so texas has been getting some better rains here over the last couple of weeks um the whole uh, gulf coast is getting some better rains here this week as well um and into next week and so you know we're, we're kind of looking at models are trying to play with the idea of trying to bring that a little bit farther north here around the middle of the month um i'm not sure that's going to work out to our to our benefit or not we do have a system coming in late next week into the, that weekend um, and so if we get that moisture to come up we get that system to come through we might be talking about some better widespread rains uh, for a lot of the area but that might be just a quick shot of it and the rest of the month um, okay would be dry so you know if, if we don't get that that uh, if, if you don't get the showers really out of that, then that from, would be From your perspective, thinking agronomically and weather-wise, at this point, call it a September 6th, 5th, 10th rain event, yeah. it's that late-planted soybeans that, that are right. really the only beneficiary? Yeah, unless, I mean, there was some significant severe weather. I talked to a, a farmer earlier that had to replant uh, some of his corn in late June. Yeah. So he has, you know, you know, <laughs> he's getting into pollination right now with some of that. So, you know, he's looking for some rains yet. So, I mean, there are a couple of folks... Um, like that out there so it's still important for some but yeah you're right for on the the big agronomical um you know outlook it's it's so late uh, late planted soybeans for the most part that could benefit the most all right john we are also coming late summer which means the tropics should be starting to heat up a lot of commentators early on in the year so this is going to be a crazy active atlantic storm season and i, I mean granted i'm not in the atlantic <laughs> basin so i'm not as plugged into the tropics as maybe i should be but it's been quiet as far as i can tell what do you see you know between july 3rd and august 31st there was not a single named storm system in the Atlantic Basin at and, all. And that's how far into that is storm season, hurricane season are we? So we are actually at the peak right now. The first week of September is the climatological peak of hurricane season. So August should have been a really active month. And we did get a couple of little tropical pieces um, that never got named, but they did kind of move through the Gulf of Mexico. It, it, those were the ones that were producing the heavy rain down in Texas and the Gulf Coast. So, um, you know, that was, uh, the tropics are still 
part of it. It's just we haven't had the actual named storms. Today, this morning, though, the, uh, the National Hurricane Center did pick out one uh, little tropical depression out in the central of the Atlantic, out in the middle of nowhere that's not going to move okay. too much and, and affect too many people. But uh, we finally got our, our first depression here since July, which wow. is... Which is okay. quite amazing. Yeah, that's surprising. And I was having a conversation with a soybean grower from Louisiana last mm. night here at Farm Progress 2022, and he mentioned that they have been struggling. The wetness across Louisiana is truly devastating to those soybean crops that are right. were ready to come out here uh -huh. two, three weeks ago. They're just rained in, John, across that yeah. southern Gulf Coast since it is such a quiet hurricane season. Will they have the chance to get those southern soybeans out? Well, yeah, well, they'll eventually get them out, right? It'll stop right. raining. Eventually, it'll come. Right. North Dakota growers know that. It's all right. oftentimes the next spring they're getting those right. out. But right, right. They, they, they won't have to wait that. in North Dakota with the deep freeze. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work as well in Louisiana. Right, yeah. They won't have to wait that long either. They're getting a couple of dry days actually here to, yeah, I think yesterday was pretty dry. Today's pretty dry. But, you know, we'll, we'll get that moisture kind of pumping okay. back in over the next few days. But um, later in September, I think we're, we're better for getting some dryness down there. But again, we're always watching the tropics. And there's several little pieces of energy that are moving across the Atlantic that we'll have to watch All out right. for. So it might be a tough slog might for be. those growers across Louisiana and the Delta. I want to take you to another part of the country, John. While we've got you here, Pacific Northwest, West mm -hmm. Coast, that drought is still a major concern. Fire risks are still a major right. concern. What do you see coming into the PNW? Yeah, and right now they're dealing with extreme heat as well. So uh, we've got a, a really strong ridge of high pressure that's been developing over this week uh, across the whole western, um, basically west of the Rockies. It's starting to leak out into the plains, but the heat there has just been uh, astronomical. They had near triple digits again in the Pacific Northwest, which is pretty rare for them to get that. And so, um, you know, they've had that. Uh, that's going to continue really through next week as well until we get that next system moving through. So they're going to be dealing with that. You know, uh, it's definitely drying things out a lot, a lot more. They have some pretty good precipitation in the Pacific Northwest okay. over the over the spring and end of the early summer, but it's definitely dried out since then. And is this that is just fire risk still as severe? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm guessing with triple digit heat, it's, yeah. it's definitely a concern the next couple of days. Yeah. And especially with no rain at all in the forecast. You know, the only good part of that is that there's no dry thunderstorms to with lightning that would you know okay. typically sparks a, a lot of wildfires out there so that there's I mean, if there's any silver lining to it, there's there's that. Right. But, it it might be dry, but at least it's not lightning. Yeah. John, you are given another program today here on the Farm Progress Show Grounds. What time can folks swing by the booth? Yeah, that's 10 o'clock. We're doing a, uh, markets and weather uh, outlooks for the next 6 uh, to 12 months. That is a big time period. That's right. All right, John, you looking forward to, uh, to the weather over the next 12 months? Going to be favorable for us here? You know, the, the one thing that might be interesting, you know, we've been talking La Nina, La Nina for several years now. You know, we look way out into the future and towards next summer, oh, I don't want to call it yet, but we might be talking about El Nino instead of La Nina. Right, so, well, that will be a fun change of pace yes. to talk about a different Pacific weather event. We'll probably pick up that conversation in the future when John joins us here on AOA. John Baranek, DTN Weather, thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you, Mike. Good to see your face this time. Great to meet you <laughs> as well, folks. And stick with us. We'll be back with Matt Bennett of agmarket.net when AOA returns. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. The system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. 
You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting, broadcasting live at the Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa. We got another soybean sale announced on Thursday morning on the Daily Wire to unknown destinations, 396,000 metric tons for the 22-23 marketing year. Third day in a row of soybean sales on the Daily Wire with China being reported on Wednesday and unknown destinations on Tuesday. For a second consecutive Thursday, USDA will not issue a weekly export sales report due to technical technical difficulties and they don't expect to have data available until at least September 15th. Now the broader markets began in risk-off mode today. Wall Street stocks commodities both on the defensive overnight amid lingering economic problems. The VIX trading either side of 27 overnight reflecting elevated fear levels on Wall Street. And looking at the grain markets overall still a bit of risk-off sentiment there with quarter beans a little bit lower here as we work through our session on this Thursday with the wheat markets mixed around the unchanged mark. Livestock a bit higher on the day Thursday as we work through the session with uh, grains a little bit lower, but any bit of change in the markets could sway livestock uh, down to the uh, downside if grains do uh, move a bit higher. Crude oil under pressure down around $86, $87 a barrel here as we work through our trade. So a lot of things swirling around these markets, and again, a lot of it tied to uh, recession fears, inflation, worries about China's economy, new lockdowns there weighing on the market as well. Non-farm productivity fell at an annualized rate of 4.1% in the second quarter, which is an improvement for the previous estimate of a 4.6% decline and better than the 4.4% decline anticipated by analysts. And really, uh, it's a lot of of outside macro moves here and the beginning of the month as well. And that's always a volatile time in the market. So we're going to watch things closely. But overall, trade is mostly quiet on this Thursday. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back to AOA, ladies and gentlemen. We are continuing our live broadcast here from the Trello Board booth number 928 at the Farm Progress Show grounds. And a conversation that always comes up when we're hanging out with farmers, of course, is weather, as we heard there with John Baranek. And weather comes up because weather impacts markets, and we've got to talk prices. It is forefront of farmers' minds while they're out here walking the grounds. Joining me to do that is Matt Bennett, co-founder of agmarket.net, farmer in Windsor, Illinois. Matt, give us update from the home farm how are things looking really good yeah where i'm at shelby county actually got into the field a little earlier than some folks oh i don't know like april 20th through the 25th 26th came in and uh, actually had great planning weather perfect emergence uh, uniformity Uh, got a little dry in june like a lot of folks but i had two rains in june that uh, folks 20 miles from us didn't get quite frankly shelby county's a big county but as a whole, really, really good weather from the get-go. So June, we got a couple of rains that some folks didn't get. And then starting July 1, we had 10, 10 to 12 inches of rain up till now. Wow. Never had a big rain, though. Always 7, 8, 10s, inch, inch and a half. And, I, you know, some folks don't want to hear that. They roll their eyes. I don't want to listen to this crap. I understand. Sure. But yes. let's just be honest. We all need to know there's really good corn out there. And there's some really rough corn. You don't want to market based on what's going on out your back door. 
So how do you market? Matt, I mean, this is frustrating for a lot of growers who are looking at, at substantially reduced yields than they were expecting here this spring when they got it in the ground. And then we got growers, you know, you look at the Northern Corn Belt, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Northern parts of those states. It looks darn good. So how do you weigh those discrepancies? You know, it depends on where you're at. And I don't want to talk circles, but I just say this, in the Western Corn Belt, they're going to have to draw corn from the east, period. It's going to have to come. You know, into that, for instance, uh, some of your higher population cattle areas that already draw corn, like Hereford, Texas, the BN rail market, that's where it goes. But you get down in there to southwestern Kansas, that's a high usage area. Uh, yeah, they've got, you know, they've got uh, irrigation, but quite frankly, it's typically going to be a corn deficit area. And yeah. in the last year, they ran basis levels at times uh, a couple dollars over. Then right now in the Garden City, I would talk to a buyer uh, yesterday who said uh, buck 80 over. He bought corn out through uh, next spring. You, you want to know where it's coming from? Whereabouts? Illinois. Illinois? Yes. Yeah, it's you know, there are still trains running. We can move that grain to different parts of the country. Absolutely. And I think, you know, whenever you look at Illinois as a state, I know USDA said a little bit under Iowa, 203 versus 205. Pro Farmer said both of them is 198. My thought process is Illinois is probably above Iowa. Uh, you know, I don't know how much. I just feel like it's more uniformly good. You get into western Iowa, especially southwestern Iowa. I know there's places that don't grow as much corn, but quite frankly, some of those folks have been telling me this week it's a train wreck. There's not very many train wrecks in Illinois. You get in Champaign County, Douglas County, those are some of the best ground that lays outdoors. And a train wreck for them is 160, 170, you know, so they're going to have a good crop still, especially at these prices. It's just not going to be what some of us are going to have maybe a little farther south. What are you looking at on the bean side, Matt, as you're trying to weigh yield expectations there? It's a late crop. John Brannick just mentioned might have a couple more showers coming through the Corn Belt here as those beans try to finish. How's the market going to interpret those rains if they do come? You know, the way I look at the beans is that I agree with pro farmers analysis in essence that relatively speaking the bean crops in better shape than the corn crop you throw a couple more rains at it basically what happened to the pro farmer tour pod counts weren't excessively high it's just that every field that they walked out of there was moisture for the most part you know then so you get moisture in mid to late august it really is not going to do much for the corn crop maybe a little bit of test weight but uh, you know i go back to 2012 you know we had a horrific bean crop horrible pod counts on my farm had the hurricane come up through the gulf and guess what? We had 50 bushel beans, and I, I would have never guessed it in a million years. So uh, you get a wet August, things can change. 51.9 from the USDA might be more right than wrong. In fact, it could be above that. Uh, I think the bean crop's a pretty good-sized crop. And so what's that going to do? I mean, we've seen a substantial sell-off this week. Matt, have we priced in that growing bean crop already, or is there more downside risk ahead when those combines roll? couple things jump out at me. The USDA report, essentially, we we're building stocks on a world basis. Uh, from like 89.7, I believe, uh, this last marketing year, up to a forecast of uh, you know getting over 100 million tons. A lot of that's bounced on the back on the back of the U.S. planting a lot of beans and having a, a good yield. You know, you're going to get a big big crop. What's a South American producer going to do this marketing year? They're going to they're going to raise a lot of beans. They're no dummies, you know, down there. They they can bring more uh, acres to the table. Uh, profit margins down there are quite robust. And so you're going to see a big crop if Mother Nature cooperates whatsoever. So from a price perspective, Mike, if you're going to tell me as a producer that you've got an APH or APH plus crop on beans and you're throwing cold water at $14, I think we need to talk because you can make a lot of money there. I'm not saying it's not going to go up later. Lock it in, though. Lock in a worst-case scenario. Live to play another day. Buy a call if you want. But lock in worst-case scenario. I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes sense. And that makes sense. You mentioned we got Brazilian growers going to the fields here shortly. U.S. growers, we're thinking about it. I'm hearing those conversations already on the grounds. Looking ahead to the 23 crop season, Matt Bennett, fertilizer sounds like it is going to be a major concern. What are you hearing from, from your growers? How are folks grappling with this issue heading into the winter? In all honesty, I think it's been, for me, the most talked about thing this week. I've had so many people ask me, what do we do on fertilizer? And Hydrus, I told them, if you can get a price right now, I'd book it. I am very concerned. Now, next spring it could be cheaper, Mike. It very well could be, but it's not going to be cheaper if corn prices are similar to what they are today. Let's just be honest about it. So if if you want cheaper fertilizer prices, be careful what you wish for. And, and can you make more money at 620, D23 corn and fertilizer prices today than what you could if we normalize both? Absolutely. I can guarantee you we can sit down and I can show you the numbers. but. Dry fertilizer is as much of a concern as what anhydrous is. 
think you got a little time there, but my personal thought is you better be talking to your ag chem retailer and see what you can do for a price because I do know that, for instance, the guy that I, uh, he, I, he knew I was coming for a progress show. He said, leave a check on your desk because I need it to lock in your anhydrous on Monday morning. I did. He called me Tuesday morning, and that particular company in that particular part of Illinois pulled all pricing. You couldn't contract anything as of Tuesday morning. So uh, that's not going to be an anomaly. I think that's going to happen all around. If, if guys are looking to lock in fertilizer prices now, they're getting secured. Matt, look out to December 23 corn. Do you want to be pricing some in here to kind of match that uh, that corn price with the fertilizer price? That's the big question. And so a year ago, in total transparency, I wasn't marketing much Deets 22 corn while I was buying the fertilizer. I felt really confident that we were going to stay in a phase where we would have elevated prices of corn. Uh, this year, I don't feel that confident. And I'm not saying I'm embarrassed by any means. What I'm saying is I know this ratio works for me. It's really good profit margin when you compare it historically. And, and so I want to lock that in at least on the ratio. I, I mean, a lot of guys can do it on all their fertilizer costs for 60, 65, 66 bushels of corn. I'm not saying you got to hedge that much, but I would at least do something. Buy puts, something to protect yourself to where if the, if the price of corn falls out of bed, you're not going to be sitting there thinking, why did I pay for all that high-priced fertilizer and not do anything about corn? you got to do a little bit of both sides of the equation. If you're going to do all of one, you better be careful that you don't do anything with the other. Yeah, because the point you made about the price of fertilizer being tied to the price of corn, that, at the end of the day, is the fact. Yes, natural That's gas true. matters. Yes, energy prices matter. All of these things play a part. But there was just that study done last year. National corn growers said, yeah, it's it's the price of corn. They, they rise to meet the demand. I was in Michigan last week, not far from the Canadian border speaking, and the producer said if the Canadian producer has 30% less fertilizer usage, that's surely going to make the price of fertilizer come down, correct? I said, no. I said, I'm sorry, but no. What's going to happen is less fertilizer is going to be produced. You're going to be paying the same amount for fertilizer. I mean, it's just the way that it works. It's unfortunate, but that's the game we're playing. It is. And I was having a conversation with a guy. He was talking about the dramatic drop down in yields we've seen in corn, particularly over the past 30 days. And the question was, yeah, weather's been tough. But could we also be coming to the end of a lot of early fertilizer that was bought cheap and they didn't bother to re-up and we're just we're running out of inputs? Matt, is that a is that a valid theory this year or is that a little more speculation than you'd like to discuss? You know, people always want to talk about that when input prices are high. Guys are gonna kinda of skimp and cut corners. But whenever corn is five ninety for a spring insurance price, I don't buy that one bit. Bushels pay the bills, and if you did cut I'm sorry to say it, but it's your own fault if, if you're running out of groceries, because why wouldn't you protect a high cost or a high priced crop as much as what you can promote it, fertilize it, do everything you can to grow the bushels, because that's where you're going to make your money. Matt, I want to change focus real quick. We got you for a few more minutes. Livestock. What do you see coming as we head into fall? Broad economy concerns, recession risk is in the air. Where do you see livestock cattle market going from here? If you could hold the economy together. And if you don't take corn prices substantially higher, I think owning any sort of cattle is going to be great business. Really? I just think it's going to be really good property. Now, you, where is the drought area uh, for the most part this year? It's where the cattle are. You know, I know that's not real scientific, but look at the drought monitor and I can show you that's where the yeah, cattle I mean, it's are for the most part. River West yes. all the way down to Texas. Absolutely. And there's a pile of beef in that. In that and unfortunately, you know, a lot of those cattle have had to go to market. The, typically wouldn't go to market so we're going to be looking at reduced numbers on out and i've got to think that you get into the first second quarter of 23 i, I can't get too bearish cattle okay now if the equities markets fall apart that's the, that's the thing that could that could really hurt you but i can tell you the guys going out buying feeders at the i mean the cash for 200 dollars. i mean they're banking on what i'm saying and so i sure hope for their sake that because it's really hard to hedge uh, a profit margin right now especially with the price of corn. So my thought process, though, is is, is that I, I can't get too uh, bearish cattle. I'm, I'm fairly friendly. But again, as you know, if you look at the equities charts and you look at the cattle charts, you can overlay them. And, yep. and, and so you're going to be at the mercy of it. Are we going to hit a full-on recession that can withstand any... Um, you know, any meaning? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, whatever the vocabulary is, but. <laughs> we'll see, could be a volatile year. So Absolutely. it sounds like watch those equities if you're in the cattle business. Matt Bennett, co-founder, agmarket.net. Always appreciate your insight, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Stick around, folks. We'll have more AOA coming from the Trelleborg booth when we return. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. 
You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend-to-Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend-to-Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Tune in the first Wednesday of every month to listen to the monthly grind here on AOA. It's brought to you by our friends at the National Corn Growers Association, and each month we're going to dig into one specific aspect of corn demand. What happens to this grain after it leaves your operations and enters the global supply chain? That's what we're going to talk about each month on the monthly grind. Again, that's the first Wednesday of every month, and you can also find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It's a show you don't want to miss. Corn is native to the American continents and was unknown to the rest of humanity until Columbus arrived in the New World in the 15th century. It took less than 100 years after Columbus's discovery for corn to be introduced to farmers in Asia, Africa, Europe, and the Pacific Islands. After wheat and rice, corn is the third most cultivated crop in the world. The four nations that purchase the most corn from the United States are Mexico and Colombia, who use it as a food ingredient, and Japan and South Korea, who buy it mainly for animal feed. Around one-third of the corn grown in the United States is eaten by livestock, another third is used in the production of ethanol fuel, and the rest is either consumed by humans, exported to other nations, or used industrially. Now that sweet corn, that's the variety that most Americans grill or boil for cookouts or just eat straight out of a can with a spoon, accounts for just 1% of all corn grown in the United States. These Farm Facts brought to you by the American Ag Network. As growers consider cover crop options, the Seed Innovation Protection Alliance would like to remind you that many small grains are protected by some intellectual property and are not allowed to be used for seed production. Talk to your authorized seed dealer for information on your cover crop seed options. 
the Seed Innovation Protection Alliance thanks growers for buying new, professionally produced seed from authorized seed companies and dealers. To report a seed infringement, call 1-844-SEED-TIP. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're on day three of Farm Progress 2022. We've been talking about the tires and the technology here at the Trelleborg booth. And now we want to tune in to the technology that has come from other parts of the show. Joining us to do that is Willie Vogt. He is the editorial director for Farm Progress. And Willie, you have been out seeing all of these tents. You've seen all these booths. What are some of the takeaways? What struck out at you here at Farm Progress this year? Uh, there's quite a few things. Pardon the day three voice at the Farm Progress Show. You know, when you talk about all the technology, um, obviously the autonomous spreader from Case is getting a lot of information, a lot of attention, partly because uh, it was developed with Raven in less than a year. They were purchased by, Raven was purchased by CNH and closed in November, and they already have a, a new product out here. It's August, September. Pretty crazy. Um, have conversations about that. Obviously, everybody's excited about Rise Aero Technology, six rotors, electric motors, fly yourself around in an ultralight. I've seen it. I won't fly in it. My wife won't let me. It's a whole different story, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but have they been running running visitors around? Was it a ride and drive experience? No, no, it's not okay. a ride and drive experience. <laughs> Although, to be honest, the technology is so good that in 50, 45 minutes, you can be briefed and you can fly it. It's very simple to operate. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of thing you can do sometimes. It is. It is. It's incredible. And, Willie, I understand you had a chance. You were one of the select few to get to <laughs> captain the floating tractor. What was that experience like for you? <laughs> well, you know, Jeff Miller, product manager at uh, Mitas, has been bugging me to do it for a while. Or actually, I believe it was a threat. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But, yes, during media day, I was able to actually get in the the machine and you know it's fun to ride it it's a little weird obviously water goes up to the doors that's cool we had a little trouble getting the transmission engaged that's because there's an ag journalist behind the wheel and i was driving i wasn't riding i want to be clear on that but we also had a really good conversation about why they do this the flotation story and compaction story which i think people go well that's stupid you're floating a tractor it's like yeah how about you float your regular tractor on on the ground without creating compaction, those kinds of things. Absolutely, I mean, that's what it comes back to, Chris. You have been making that point. Chris Neidert, uh, Marketing and Training Director at Trelleborg, joins us here as well. You've been making that point, I imagine, a lot to the, the growers that have stopped in this booth, the importance of flotation and the reduction of compaction. Well, absolutely. That's one of the paramount things in the ag world, and technology has enabled the tires to spread that footprint out. VF technology, just be real quick there lets the user run up to 40% less air. That is going to extend that footprint, both width and length, reduce that compaction, and re and improve the crop yield. Mike, you've heard me talk about it for three days, and Willie just brought that up. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're trying to do with the floating track. That's right. And it's so great to get here and to have so many experts preaching best practices to growers here. You can come. You can learn. Willie, we've also seen a lot more... Let's take a step back from autom autonomy uh, yes. and go to automation. <laughs> yeah. The idea that we're just able to do more with machines, with computers. I'm seeing that at so many booths around the show here this year. Yeah, I think the big thing is uh, there's two reasons. One, we everything's drive by wire. I don't think people understand that. When you turn the steering wheel on a modern tractor, you're no longer pulling a lever that's pulling a hydraulic thing. You do this and a rotor or a servo does the job. That allows sensors and things to interact with the machine in new ways. But the other thing is, like you look at combines and harvest efficiency, there isn't a combine on this lot, pick your color, that isn't using some sort of harvest management system so that even, as I like to say, an ag journalist can get a good grain sample when you're driving through the field. That's just how it works. And I think that what we're getting with this is two things. The labor is harder to find. And the experienced labor is often harder to find. So if you can put somebody in the machine who can steer it, or at least watch it go, because they're often auto-steer, auto 
and monitor the systems, the machine will do a lot of the thinking for you. Uh, that's getting exciting that way. You know, you mentioned that that drive-by wire technology yes. that, that we don't have, you know, power steering anymore. It's all electronic. And right. I was talking to a grower mm. from Nebraska and stopped into the booth here and he was showing pictures. He just bought a new, it was uh, 2750, I forget, older tractor he just purchased. He was taking his grandson for a ride and he had a spinner on the steering yes, wheel. Yes, he did. Because we all needed those mm. back in the day, but on these new tractors, they're not necessarily a, a, a part of the, the requirement anymore. There's electric power steering steering on my Ranger, okay, that I'm riding around the show. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's really cool. It Definitely. is. It is. It's incredible. Chris, you've had three days here at the show. You've talked to a lot of people. As we're kissing off from Farm Progress 2022, what do you want folks to listen? If they couldn't get out here in person to see the Trelleborg Nitas line of tires, what do they need to do? Where can they go? Where should? How should they learn more information? Again, we have some very nice websites. Uh, you can, if you don't know the address, you can Google uh, Trelleborg Ag Tires, but that web address is www.trelleborg.com forward slash US forward slash wheels. Again, sorry that's so long. Mitas, just go ahead and Google that one. We got another long one right there. So just Google that. Again, our websites are very interactive. They're very useful and they're easy to find information. And Chris, I want to ask, you do a great job putting out instructional videos. And I'm wondering, are those accessible to the public anywhere? Can we find those on the website or on YouTube? Well, Mike, I've been shooting videos here during the show. So we are going to shoot some more. Yes, I'm going to, I have, we haven't got the mechanics of that yet but they could probably go to the website sooner or later or google i hate to say it google chris Nider or trelleborg we're going to set that up <laughs> i'm not a good back-end guy there but i'll put the material out there mike and it'll That's be right. chris uh, and i are talent we like being in front of the microphone don't we chris? absolutely <laughs> uh, willie it's the last day of farm progress what are you excited to see any big things before you you go away for another year well actually i'm going to spend some time over at farm next this this morning talk about farm next we <laughs> Yep. haven't mentioned it real quick what is it what it is is over a startup pivot bio it's gone beyond startup stage but wants to share the wealth so they've created a space where 10 companies all startups themselves nothing commercial yet are on display showing some really unique products whether it's a there's autonomy there's a new way to kill weeds with electricity there's a way to corral cattle without a fence yes. my favorite yes. um not actually i have no favorites i'm right. sorry they're all, yeah, really, they're really, all really, really good, good. that's something that i think but we that, can relate to yeah, yeah, it's, it's like what you use with your cattle. dog, yeah, you do with cattle. Cool. And it's all very interesting how those technology, and it's at Pivot Bio, and they're going to have five of those will be at Husker Harvest Days as well. I'm excited to see that. That's very cool, folks. Husker Harvest Days will be here before we know it. Willie Vote from Farm Progress, Chris Snyder from Trelleborg. Thanks to both of you for joining us. Really appreciated the conversation. Looking forward to a great last day of Farm Progress 22. Folks, tune in tomorrow. We'll have more AOA back from the studio. Thanks for joining us this week at Trelleborg. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. The landscape of media has changed and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information. While major news outlets show decreasing credibility, your local farm radio station still shows strong marks. In a recent survey, farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters as almost twice as reliable as major news outlets. Farm Radio continues to be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting.